Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of All Queued Up, your review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, what have you. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How's your week been? Overall, it's not been too bad. I had the disappointing hiccup yesterday. Yeah. Um, Monday night, I got an email from Sony. I've been on a waiting list to buy a PS5 for months now because they have a direct sales and they invite they send out invites only one per household and i was like great awesome i was excited and i get in you know when the event starts and i go in i'm I, my wait time because they put you in a queue was less than four minutes and i get in everything was sold out and i was like what the fuck so i was disappointed about that but I mean, worse things could happen. I mean, shit, you could lose a leg for shit's sake. Um, but you know, I mean, that was disappointing. But other than that, everything has been really good. Had a great weekend of playoff football. Holy shit! God damn, yeah. Um, so that was exciting. You know, all the games were exciting. Nail biters. Um, like every game didn't have to come down to the wire that fucking close. I was like, that's. It's getting insane, guys. We we could just you know we don't have to do it like this. <laughs> but but it's so exciting when it's like that. I, I enjoyed it very much. Oh yeah, no no no. I'm 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 being facetious when I say that. Uh, I'm mostly referring to Raider Niner games. Uh, yeah. Because as even though I'm a Niner fan, and I say that lightly, because like I care, I, I just care about the Niners winning, and that's like the extent of my fandom, if you will. Um. Uh, I still want them to win, and when it's that close, yes, it's entertaining, but it's also fucking intense. Oh, it is. Uh, and it was like every game that the Niners have had so far has been that, and I'm like, oh my god. So, um, I've had Niners fans say like it's taken years off their life, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, no, it was it was it was a really like fun week of football arguably the most entertaining that football's been in a hot minute it it was you know the best week of the entire season yeah you know and uh, it was only four games but they were all great and that's that's something to me that like whenever i think of like the final the final few teams in the playoffs you know battling it out for the championship or to get to the final game. <clears throat> and I'm not just talking about football. Like, I'm talking about every other sport. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what I expect to see. Because if every team is this good against each other, yeah. then you're going to get these types of games, or at least you should. And then you get, like, fucking absolute blowouts. And then the team that blew out the other team next week gets gets their ass blown out. And it's like, it gets a little, like, it gets boring. Well, but, that's that's why I love college basketball so much, the the – the tournament when it comes to March Madness, oh, you get exciting games and upsets and fucking yeah. just, yeah. That's the feeling that you, that this weekend of football provides. Yeah. It's yeah. just, yeah. Anyway, um, how's your week been? It's been all right. It's been mostly, I don't know. It's been a lot of work. Uh, I, uh, I put in a lot of extra hours this week because, we had a few bills that we needed to pay, which you know that story. I'm not getting into it. Um, not on the podcast, at least. Uh, yeah, nothing nothing super substantial. I'm 
This week is a little bit more nerve-wracking because uh, as of recording this Thursday, or no, I'm sorry, I recorded this Wednesday, on Thursday, tomorrow, um, my dad and I have to go to the hospital because he's finally having the surgery to put the thing in his arm for um, uh, his dialysis. No, it's it's not a pick line, is it? No, it's, it's something else. They call it something else. I'm drawing a complete Okay, because a pick line runs directly to your heart chamber, whereas this would be dialysis it would run to a different thing but i assume that the insertion the port that they put in is similar or the process would be similar uh yes more or less it's 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 like when we went to the dialysis clinic god this it seems like two years ago like it's been that fucking long um i could be way the fuck off on that but we were sitting in an office with a woman with full masks on so it was during the pandemic for sure. But um, uh, she had the thing, again, draw the blank on the name of it, in her arm. And it was kind of like a lump on her arm right here. Is it um, called a hemodialysis catheter? <laughs> that doesn't sound familiar at all. So, Okay. It has like a weird things. name to it. But um, but basically it's it's... It's what you what they're going to use to connect to every fucking time he comes in to have his blood recycled, because that's essentially what a dialysis machine does. It it does it does the job that your kidneys can't do anymore. That's oh an AV fistula. Fistula, that's the fucking <clears throat> word. Astrovenous fistula, fucking or arteriovenous fistula. Sorry. <laughs> yeah the the that's that's what they're gonna be putting in his in his arm but i don't know where exactly i think he wanted it up here but i could be wrong but yeah it's it's images show it's usually placed in in between the wrist and the elbow or somewhere mm. in that region yeah like the the girl that, that we were talking to had it on her arm here to which my response was like i hope you like long sleeve shirts dad i hope that, that, that's something you enjoy and he was like mm, i don't know but uh, the, the, the positive angle of him having this finally done is that however long left he has on the earth, he'll be able to eat what he wants. Granted, we're still going to need to be careful about our intake because we're both fat. So it's not like steak for dinner every night, but he'll definitely be able to eat animal protein. He'll be able to eat some red meats. Oh, well, yeah, because he's not been able to eat any animal protein, even chicken or fish, has he? For about three years now, yeah. Mm. No, less than three years. Uh, this started. This started May of 2020. So it's so been that long. Roughly two years, almost two years. Yeah, yeah, because it was. We got that news. I had my permit, and we were driving around quite a bit. Um, and then, uh, September, I ran over that curb and fucked up the car. That was August. Yeah, it was August because it was still summer because the air conditioner broke. And I remember, I remember being pissed off because we could still drive the car. The car was still usable. It was like, hotter than balls. It was, yeah, it was hot. Like I broke the AC essentially and the right side panel. So whenever that passenger door was opened, it sounded like fucking metal just... It was just terrible. Um, but I remember having to drive 
about 25 minutes on the freeway out of the way with somebody's like iced drink that melted before we got there. Um, so that pissed me the fuck off, but yeah, so it was about May of 2020 that we got this news. Um, and I know that there's a, there's, there's a Brazilian uh, barbecue place near our house that he wants to go oh. to really those places they're expensive but man they're good yeah yeah we'll, fi- we'll we'll have to figure out the bill situation for us to do that but i know that it's something that he's like i can't wait to do it uh so yeah but they, well, they're, just, they're just feeding you fucking meat until you say all right i'm tapping <laughs> <laughs> and other full-on meat sweats it's gonna be great uh but yeah, we, we went to the, um, that was actually kind of funny. So none of us in this house have had a proper COVID test, right? Yeah. Um, we've just, none of us have ever felt the symptoms. So we never thought to get the COVID test, but because of the surgery, my dad needed a COVID test, but he needed the 24 hour one, the one where they stick yeah. the thing way the fuck up in your nose. Tickle your fucking medulla oblongata. And he's, so we, we get to the hospital the other day and we're doing that and he, and the nurse like sticks it way the fuck up there and then pulls it out and then goes to do the other nostril. But when she pulled it out, the first one, the sound my dad made was like if someone uncorked him. <laughs> oh, he's just it like you heard like a uh, uh, like, like it was that. <laughs> fuck it. I could not stop laughing. I just had to turn my back because I was I was fucking cracking up. It was too much. But uh but yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm nervous about the fistula thing. And I only say that because, like, it's it's somewhat a non-invasive surgery. I mean, it's invasive as fuck. Like, they're putting a thing in your body. But it's on his forearm. I don't know. I always get nervous with surgeries. No, no. I mean, that's understandable completely. Believe me. <clears throat> I remember... Um, when I had my leg amputated, um, you know, that was, that was a multiple surgery process. I don't even remember the second surgery, but that happened on a Monday, uh, when they realized, okay, you're going to actually pull through this. You're going to live because when they first amputated it, they didn't close it up. They had a wound vac on it to suck out the drainage and all that shit. Uh, then they had to actually close it up and, you know, I guess tie everything off or what have you and close it all up. And I don't know what all it entails, but I don't even remember that one. Uh, because I don't remember much about that weekend because I was in such a fucking haze, uh, heavily medicated and, you know, pretty much about dead. Um, but in order to go home, I had to take uh, a certain antibiotic for two weeks every day, every six hours on the dot. Uh, and to do so, it, it had to be administered by IV. Uh, so they had to put in a pick line. Yeah. Now, a pick line is basically a catheter, and this was a 47-centimeter-long catheter 
that ran from the inside of my arm, like in in the area. They inserted it about midway in between my elbow and my shoulder, my armpit. Uh, They inserted it in between where my bicep and tricep meet. And they have to push this catheter with a guide wire up into your vein or into an artery over to your heart chamber. Now, because it was so close uh, to my to my ear, like my armpit, yeah, I could. Not only did I feel every push of it going through sinew and muscle tissue, right, and into the vein, I could hear it as well. And it was absolutely the coolest yet most uncomfortable thing ever. And what sucks is when it got to my armpit, instead of making the turn to head towards my heart, it started coiling up and just looping. And the doctor was like, um, you're not going to like this. I was like, what? He's like, it's coiling up in your armpit. I'm going to have to pull it out and re and start over. I was like, okay, you got to do what you got to do. So I pulled it out and that felt weird. Um, then they, he's like, we're going to have to numb you up with more lidocaine. I was like, okay. So they did that. And he starts again. He gets about seven or eight good pushes in. And I just look over at him. I was like, doc, I can't feel my fucking leg. (laughs) He had to walk away. He was laughing so hard. I had him in tears. He had to walk away, but yeah. Hopefully, you know, when your dad goes through the uh, getting the AV fistula put in, it won't be as intense as that. Yeah, I have, I have, like, I'm weird. I know that I'm fucking weird. And one of the things that uh, I do when I'm nervous about a medical procedure is I do a lot of research on it. Yeah. So, for example, uh, quite a few years ago, um, I was still working at the gas station. the uh, my dad had a had a heart procedure, but it was like I remember they had to yeah go and turn it off, turn it on again. Um, I wish I was joking. That's like the the dumb no. way of saying that. What happened? No, I've, I, that hurts. I've had that happen to me. It fucking hurts. Um, he uh, yeah, when he did that, um. You know, I was nervous about it because I'm it's a fucking heart procedure. So what I did was I just, I just did a shit ton of research. I did a t- shit ton of like, what does the procedure do? What's the, the likelihood of it failing? And if it fails, like, what can they do? And yada, yada, yada. And, and like doing that helped a lot. Like it, it put my mind at ease in a, in a weird way. And I know that's just me being like analytical and that's why that works, but. But yeah, I, I I found comfort in just knowing what the procedure is. So that's what I'm going to do today. A m- part of what I'm going to do today um, is just look into... Because like the woman who did the the talking to us who had the fistula in her arm at the uh, dialysis clinic, like she, she explained to us why she had it. And it was because like she had a... I don't remember how, but she's had it since she was like 14. She's had to be on dialysis since she was 14. 
Mm. And her and her goal was to tell us basically how how not scary it is, essentially. Yeah. And she did a really good job at that. But what she didn't have answers to, I had questions to, which was like, what does the procedure entail? And uh That's what I'm going to do today. Is I'm going to look at uh, like how the procedure okay. works and stuff like that. So I'm I'm a little less nervous. But the other thing I don't know is like what time is that surgery's at? What how long it's going to take? Like I don't know any of that shit. They're going to have to keep them overnight. It's pro. It'll probably. Uh, I don't know. I would. I would just based on an assumption. Uh, probably take about an hour, and it'd probably be a localized thing. But I could be completely wrong. My yeah, my my assumption is uh, he'll have to be in the hospital for a few hours, and it's an in and out you know procedure. But again, who who's to who's to actually fucking know at this point? How long does it take? Uh, you'll receive either local or general anesthesia for the surgery. Surgeon accesses the artery and vein through a small incision in your arm. The operation takes about an hour. Afterward, you'll rest for one to two hours so the care team can watch you closely before discharge. So I'd say he'll be there a better chunk of the morning or afternoon, depending on what time he has to be there. If that's the case, then I think what I'll do, what we'll do tomorrow then is uh, I'll work while he's there. And then when he's when he's discharged, I'll, you know, call it and go pick him up. So it looks like he'll be there probably probably an hour before it starts so they can take his vitals and everything. And then when it actually starts, take an hour and then probably I'd say you're looking at about a four hour window would be a that's what I guess. But well that's and that's also that's also absolutely dependent on what time he needs to be there. Exactly. that, That we also don't know so but she was like, "I'll look at that today." I'm like, "Yeah, you could. You could. You could have done it earlier in the week and have my answer." Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you don't know what time he has to be there yet. I mean, had they told him? And then I was like, "Well, this is I asked bad, him. So. I asked him last night. His, <laughs> his his legit response was, "Oh, I won't know till today," and it was like, "Or not today." Sorry, yeah. he he said, "I won't know until tomorrow, which is today," because <laughs> he said it last night before we watched Book of Boba Fett. So. Which speaking you know, of Book of Boba Fett, that's what we're here for. A, let's talk about it. So we have one. We have one thing we're going to review today, guys. Uh, episode uh, five or chapter five of the Book of Boba Fett, or more commonly known as Episode one of season three of The Mandalorian. Um, so, uh, yeah this this entire episode, but this is all we have to review today, and then we were, that's why we were taking our time with our intro because what else? Uh, but. Um, yeah, this episode was entirely focused on Mando after season two of The Mandalorian. Entirely focused on Mando. We didn't see Boba Fett one time. Nope. Uh, which, and I hate to put it this way, I really, really do. How is the one episode that doesn't focus on Boba Fett the best episode of the season? Yeah, no shit. How does that ha- like I, my like? I literally looked at that, my dad, and it was like it was the moment where the um, 
Mando and the other uh, the other Mandalorian challenges over the Darksaber. Viz, yes, thank you. And I went. I, I said this episode is twenty minutes in, and it's better than all four episodes of Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. How did they do that? And here's the funniest yep. part about that too, by the way. This episode is directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. I the know. one Star Wars fans claim to fucking hate. Well, she's directed two episodes of The Mandalorian, one in season one and one in season two. And, and the, the one, one she in did season, season two one was fucking awesome. Yeah, the one in season one was very fans were very split on it. The one in season two was fucking great. So it was just like, okay, her track record is 50 50 uh and it uh, subjectively but this she knocked it out of the fucking park holy shit see i that's that's the thing i fucking loved season one of her, her directed episode um the 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 like it was it was so fucking like super super like cub and wolf samurai right like it was, oh, it, was it was totally the seven samurai by kurosawa yeah like I thought she fucking nailed it. Uh, but then in season two, the one that she directed was the episode with, um, uh, what's her ass? Uh, Ahsoka, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was. Yeah. And how, how did you, how did anyone hate that episode? This episode was dope as hell. Anyway, I'm getting off track here because Star Wars fans are fucking weird. Um, yeah, we are. No, no, we're cool. Other Star Wars fans that go like, hey, I don't really like Book of Boba Fett. And you go, oh, that's interesting. Let's talk about it. Those fans are cool. The ones that are weird are the ones that go out of their way to be like, mm, the colorful bikers on the episode two are stupid. That's not Star Wars. Those are the weird ones. Not everything has to be grungy and dirty and grammy. Mm. There was a joke on Twitter. I think you might have sent it. No, 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 no. Okay, I think I said it to you, and it was, it was, it was so fucking funny to me. And I might divide the group here on uh, our listeners. Um, but it was, uh, <sighs> give me two seconds to find the joke. I don't want to ruin it, but I know who posted it last, so it should take me a second here. Um, because I had it saved on my phone, but our friend, our mutual friend Michelle, she posted it too. So, oh, here it is. NFTs are just beanie babies for people who get mad at whenever there are black women in Star Wars. Oh yeah, I saw that. So that's that's what that's a joke I was trying to say. But anyway, um, so yeah, this whole episode was basically Mandalorian or Dinjarin. Dinjar um, doing stuff after season two. We 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 catch up with him essentially. Um and he's on a bounty. Uh and it was wild to see him just fucking pull out the goddamn say the, the dark saber in the middle of that scene, which he burnt his fucking burnt himself with it. Yeah. Uh you know when you're introduced to a lightsaber. In the first movie, in the first Star Wars movie, Episode Four, New Hope, Obi Wan was like an elegant weapon from a more civilized age, not as clumsy or random as a blaster. But yet, you see him struggling to wield this dark saber, 
and he is wielding it clumsily. And you're wondering, wow, what's the deal here? What's the uh, deal with this? Um, well, I think there's two aspects to why the Darksaber was a little bit harder to control and to wield. And that's, you know, that we saw that a little bit later with the armor. Mm-hmm. And that uh, was a great explanation. Yeah. It's it's not like a regular lightsaber. It it absolutely wields force power, force ability, if you will. Um to the extent of basically telling the the wielder like if you're not one with it, you're fucking done. Like it's it's shit's gonna suck. At least that's how I took it. Yeah, we, because... we see him but but we see him break out the dark saber in this fight. He collects his bounty. Jumping well, he collects the he collects the head of his bounty target and takes it to a, a, a nightclub that's on this um I don't know what it's called. I don't know if this place has been established in the comics or the books or anything. Yeah, yeah same. But, I have no clue. But visually it was pretty amazing. Uh, and it was very Gundam-esque. Um, <clears throat> what it is, it looks like a colony uh, that's that's it's orbiting some type of uh, space station, but it's a ring just constructed. I and on this ring, it's just basically like, think of a planet, but inverted. I'll, I'll make it a little easier. I made the joke as soon as we started watching the episode to my dad. Did we just start watching Halo? What the fuck is this? The ring worlds in Halo look similar, but less like... Imagine if a ring world in Halo was uh, Coruscant. That's how I'm going to put it. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but are you also looking up what it is? I'm, I'm looking up to see what it is. Okay, I'll put my phone down then. But yeah, it's like Maya said, it's, it's, it's a... It's a giant ring city a giant ring city that's that's the best way that it can be put um it kind of looks like a uh a hub of sorts what what most Isley is for for tatooine this ring city is for like the random fucking place in space but it also looks very bureaucratic too so there's there's a lot of that like later in the episode um when Boba Fett, it, uh, Boba Fett, when Mandalorian is leaving this place, uh, he's forced to uh, put away all of his weapons in like a box of sorts. I don't know what to call that. Yeah, he had to check his weapons. Yeah. Um, and uh, all that, you know, that, that scene being very funny. It also just kind of showed like what this place is, which I hope we get like an explanation down the line of what it is exactly because it, they just kind of they just kind of do it and it's like it's 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 there and it's done you know. Maya is very quiet because she is looking up the name of this place. <clears throat> I'm obsessed with finding it now. <laughs> uh, so prior, yeah, prior to well, while she's looking for that, I'll I'll kind of go into what happens a little bit later but um the reason that mando's on there in the first place is because he knows that the other 
Mandalorians that were on Tatooine, the ones he fought with in episode or season one, he knows that they're there, but he doesn't know where they are. So he's trying to get information out of out of somebody, out of other people to to find them. He does. He finds them, and we get a really fucking cool scene with the who's remaining amongst the Mandalorians. And they seem to have a little, a little resentment towards him about the situation that happened in season one. Um, on on Navarro. Yeah. Uh, but not like, not enough resentment to like make him leave. Um, however, he does reveal the Darksaber. Um, and there's a conversation about like where it comes from and who it belonged to. And they straight up borrowed that whole thing with him with like the dark saber from the books about a Mandalorian who was also a Jedi and who was uh, of house Vizsla, which the action figure has been just referred to as the heavy Mandalorian, but his name is Paz Vizsla. Yeah. It was his ancestor that created the dark saber. So immediately when he sees it, he looks at it and you can tell he's like, oh, that will be mine. I mean, you can <laughs> yeah, see that yeah. through, uh, underneath the helmet, just his body language just conveyed. No, that belongs to me and I'm going to take it. <clears throat> yeah, like that's something I really appreciate about how this show does stuff with the, the Mandalorians is, is you don't have to see their face to know how they're emoting there's like a subtle shift in their body language or like their stance. And you're just like, Ooh, he's mad <laughs> or, Oh, he's upset or he's relaxed. Like, you know, just based on body language and it's brilliant. Like, even if you're not good at reading body language, the show does a good job at fucking doing that for you. Like, it's just, it's just brilliant. I fucking love it. But, uh, but yeah, one of the things, uh, if you remember from, the end of uh, season two with um, the woman who played Starbuck in fucking Battlestar Galactica. What the hell's her name? I don't know. Never watched it. Bo-Katan. The actress oh. played Starbuck in, in Battlestar Galactica. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Bo-Katan won't like she wanted the Darksaber. Katie Sackhoff, by the way. Thank you. Uh, she wanted it, but because uh, you know, Dinjarin fucking defeated uh, Moss, Moff Gideon, Moff Moff Gideon, Gideon. Thank you. Uh, she didn't want to take it, and it wasn't until like the end of the episode when he's trying to train with the the dark saber and doing a poor job at it, mind you. Uh, yeah, um, you see him; he's swinging, and it's like taking every effort, every concerted effort he has to swing this thing. And it's just very awkward and clumsy looking. And he says, it gets heavier every time I try to use it with every swing, it gets heavier. And she yeah. says, that's because you're fighting the blade. You're not fighting me. Yeah. And, and then the other fucking, Vizsla, uh, uh, Vaz, the fuck's his first name? Paz, Paz, P-A-Z, Paz. Uh, Paz Vizsla comes up and is like, hey, motherfucker, 
my ancestor built that fucking saber. It belongs to me. Let's yeah, fucking yeah. duel it out. It, well, he, he, he says maybe it's because the wrong person's wielding it. I know. And I was paraphrasing Din it way. Yeah. Din Djarin <laughs> was like, maybe you're right. And, yeah, uh, they, they... Their fight they, was, was awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, because Mando actually loses the Darksaber in the fight, you know, and Paz Vizsla picks it up and starts swinging it at him. And then he pulls out like a little vibro knife and just starts like sticking him in the kidneys and slashing the back of his legs and shit. Yeah. And then but he what was gets funny the upper hand that, and gets the well, upper Paz, hand. The thing that was cracking me up was Paz kept grabbing him by the head and just slamming his head into the fucking side of the wall there. Yeah. Because Pat, because that's the thing about Paz, he's he's a solid. He's got a solid hundred pounds on on Mando for sure. Oh yeah, he is big. Um, and it was just like watching that fight reminded me of when, uh, the actor under the Mando outfit fought the Mountain in Game of Thrones. Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal, yeah, yeah. You know when he, yeah, when he fought the the Mountain, I was like, oh, this is very reminiscent. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, Mando wins, and then uh, the the armorer goes, "Hey Paz, you ever take it off your helmet? No. Hey uh, Din, have you ever taken off your helmet?" And he just is silent because <laughs> you have to remember one of arguably the best episodes of season two was with um, uh, Bill Burr, and he takes off his helmet. Yeah, but it's it's you know it's 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 the best thing that he could have done for that mission. And and because he takes off his helmet, uh, he is no longer a Mandalorian, according to Well, him. he also took it off, you know, when he said goodbye to Grogu, too. So Luke saw him, Bo-Katan saw him, Cara Dune saw him, Tosca right. Reeves saw him. So I forgot about that. I, re- I, 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 because look, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. The fucking the better scene in him taking off his helmet was definitely in the episode with Bill Burr. Like, I'm sorry, the end of the end of season two was rad, but that episode was cooler. It just was. Um, God, that episode was rad. Uh, it may this episode makes me want to rewatch season one and two of The Mandalorian. Yeah, that's yeah, it's totally a fair fucking feeling because like it's. It's that good. It's that fun. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, so Din... One, but, but before before we get to this, though, one of the things before this duel between him and Paz Vizsla happened was she was like, where did you get the spear? He's like, it was given to me by Jedi Ahsoka Tano. And she's like, this is... The Beskar should not be used as weapons, only armor. He says, then make it armor. And she said, what shall I make it? He said, make it into something for a family. And he's like, a particular founding. I want it made for Grogu. So she crafts something for Grogu. And he is going to take it to Grogu. He says, I, I need to see him. I need to know he's okay. And she's like, but the Jedi are against attachments. He's like, but our creed, you know, loyalty and solidarity is what we're about. So... It's it's giving us a tease that in season three he's going to return to see Grogu at some yeah. point. Yeah. 
I, I also like the scene in which like he's on the carrier heading towards Tatooine and he, he, the little kid is on the back seat waving at him and he pulls out the, the little pouch with whatever the armor was there for Grogu. And uh, as he pulls it out and he's holding it in his hand, it took the shape of Grogu's head. Yeah. Yeah. The way the bow was knotted. Yeah. I was like, Oh, and it's cute. It's real cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, the second half of the episode takes place on Tatooine, and we meet back up with arguably one of my favorite fucking characters from The Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, Amy Sedaris' character, her name is... Um, they say it in the episode, but i fucking drawn a complete blank. Uh, hold on. She's she's awesome, though. She's, she's, chas- she's chasing down some kind of critter that grabs a BD unit, um, and if you've played... Uh, Peli uh, Motto. Peli Motto, okay. Um, Peli, Peli, P-E-L-I, Motto. Peli, got it. I just I thought I started with a P, and you said Ellie, and I was like, well, she's looking it up, not me. So, um, Yeah, I fucking love this character. Yeah, She's chasing down some critter that has, drives a BD unit. It's a womp B- rat. Was it a womp rat? Okay, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh, the, um, the BD unit, if you've played Jedi Fallen Order, then that's... Mm-hmm. That's how you know BD one, because yeah. BD one is like your little your little buddy the entire game. And yeah. so the second I saw a BD unit, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my dad, of course, didn't get that because he was like, he was like, what the fuck? Like, it's just a droid. And I'm like, it's more than a droid. You shush. It's like it's like seeing a fucking R two unit and not immediately connecting it to R two D two. Yeah. Um. But what I love about fucking uh, uh, Pelly's character is that her entire squad is droids. Her entire group is droids. Um, but she, yeah, yeah, she's got a BD unit. She's got the R five unit, which, if I'm not mistaken, is supposed to be the same R five unit that Luke's uh, uncle Owen originally was buying from the Jaws, and then the motivator blew in it, and they took R two instead. If I'm not mistaken, it's supposed to be canon that it's the same droid are you talking about the astromech that she has yeah yeah r5 d4 okay 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 um i was very confused by that i was like i was like what um but yeah like her her entire droid squad is great because it's 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 comprised of an astromech which usually isn't a thing yep and then she's got a bunch of fucking according to wikipedia According to Wikipedia, that's it's awesome. the same R5 droid. I didn't know. That's amazing. It makes sense. I mean, apparently she's fucked a Jawa. Um, yeah, very furry. Lots <laughs> of problems there. Very furry. Uh, I could watch a whole, like, fucking movie on her character alone. Like, just running a fucking mechanics job. Uh, so fucking. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, Mando shows up and she says, you know, you, uh, like, she saves, saves her from the womp rat that's grabbing her, which looked very funny to me and yeah um, that was a little on the goofy side but aside from that i didn't, oh, it didn't bother it was funny i liked it i mean if that's the thing you have to keep in mind like i think uh, one thing that a lot of star wars fans kind of don't want to pay attention to is that star wars is still a kid's franchise oh absolutely so having goofy moments like that it's not for you as an adult like so find your inner kid and just enjoy that little bit. 
anyway, getting off track here. Um, uh, but the reason he's there is he's like, you took the message me that, yeah, you said you've got a replacement for the Razor Crest. She's like, yep. So he's expecting another Razor Crest. What she unveils is a full on Naboo Starfighter. Yeah. And I was trying to tell my dad, I was like, this motherfucker, this thing is fast. And he was like, he was like, how fast? I'm like, super fast. Cause I got all excited when I saw it. I was like, ooh. And, uh, he was like, um, he was like, well, how do you know what that is? And I was like, I was like, you've watched episode one, right? No, of course. You remember the ship that uh, Anakin flew into the uh, uh, Trade Federation? Yeah. And like in space and fucking blew it up. Yeah, I remember that. I'm like, that's the fucking ship. And he was like, he was like, okay. And he was like, and I kept trying to tell him it was fast, but he didn't, he didn't realize how fast until like, like the scene that came out later. Well, what was cool is, you know, they're bartering for parts and they're souping it up and putting it together and they're working on it together and customizing this thing. And it's basically making a fucking hot rod. Yeah. I was like, it was, it, it was like watching two people like build a fucking um, muscle car, like a, like a sixties Cadillac or some shit like that or sixties. Uh, uh, I'm going to say a Cadillac was not considered a muscle car. <laughs> I don't know that much about fucking cars. I just know that like those old school cars that people like to rebuild where the yeah. engine block is sticking out the top of the hood where it wouldn't have when it was brand new is what this scene felt like to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, what I liked most about this episode was that the, the chemistry between Peli and Mando is just fun. It's just fun. Nothing about it is is boring or lame. It's just fun. Yeah. And Amy Sedaris plays her character so fu- oh, pardon me, so well. I couldn't get enough of it. I was just smiling from ear to ear the entire fucking sequence. Um one of the best parts about this entire scene is like Pulling out some fucking vernacular, some Star Wars vernacular that you rarely hear in Star Wars nowadays. Like, it's super uncommon to hear, like, fucking engine parts and, and mechanical pieces in, in a proper way, you know? Like, we've gotten that stuff in books, we've gotten that stuff in the comics, but in the movies, in the live-action stuff, it's not a thing. So it was fucking cool to kind of see that. Yeah, personally, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it was just, it was just fun. It was just a lot of fucking fun to watch this. But that was the other thing was this whole episode. I kept thinking, like, when is Fennec Shand going to show up? Like, when is she going to show up and say, like, "Hey, Boba Fett needs you"? And then I thought the second half of the episode, or at least the third, uh, the last third of the episode, was going to be that. I thought like he's gonna go meet up with with Boba Fett and learn about the learn about the Pikes and all that kind of stuff, but it was they they didn't do that at all. They they went straight into just like it was a whole episode catching up with 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 Mando, getting him to the point where he can be asked by Fennec Shan, uh, which was the end of the fucking episode. There was also a really cool bit where he's test driving the fucking Naboo starfighter and. He's in space flying over a uh, 
a um, passenger ship. What the fuck are those called? Uh, cruise liner. Um, yeah, there's a name for them though, and I'm drawing a blank. Uh, I don't. I didn't catch the design of I've, it. I used to know it. I have a fucking Star Wars Trivial Pursuit game that has the name of that ship, and I used to know it off the top of my head. But anyway, um, uh, but yeah, he gets in trouble. Like uh, two of the uh, basically cops, um, New Republic. The fuck are they called? Yeah, it's the New Republic. Yeah, it's the New Republic. That's what I thought. New Republic um, officers show up, and one of them we've seen in Mandalorian. Um, but they're giving him a ration of shit for flying it around, and he doesn't have the right, you know, uh, uh, verified numbers. The fuck do you call that? The uh, his beacon, his flat his beacon. Beacons. Yeah, like none of it is 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 uh, it's none not of it's transmitting. Proper. It's yes, none of it's true. transmitting because it's pre-Empire. Uh, she actually says this thing's, you know, not beaconed because yeah. it's pre-Empire. So you won't have to worry about that. Right. And, uh, yeah, so uh, they, uh, they, they, they were going to let him off with a warning. And then they asked. They, they were like they like they wanted to stop and ask him questions, and that's when the older guy played by um, their character has a name because he's been in a lot of Star Wars as an X wing pilot. I think. Anyway, he wants. He's, he, we've seen him in Mandalorian. That's the important part because he asked him like, "Didn't you used to have a razor a razor crest?" And he. Hits a button that puts it into sublight drops sublight, which and because like he does sublight, and one of the other guys was like, "How did he go to warp speed? Like, how did he go to warp speed?" And there's that he didn't. That's sublight. And I that fucking Naboo starfighters are so rad. I fuck it up too. It's so fucking cool. But yeah, shortly after that, Fennec Shan shows up and asks him to join Boba Fett's fight, and that was where the episode ended. Yeah, she's like, you know, the money's good. He's like, what's the bounty? She's like, no bounty. I need muscle. He's like, well, what's it for? She's like, it's for Boba Fett. He's like, Boba, tell him it's on the house. <laughs> and gives the money back. Because he owes Boba. He, he really does. Mm-hmm. Um, but fucking A, like, I, like, like you and I have said, when, when you're reviewing the book of Boba Fett so far, the first four episodes, we liked a lot. We we thought it was a good show. Did we love it? Nah, probably not love. But we, we enjoyed it quite a bit. And uh, coming into this episode, it was wild to just like legitimately say out loud, like, I wish this episode didn't end. <laughs> yeah, the, the runtime from beginning to end with with the credits was 51 minutes it did not feel like 51 minutes not at all like i think i looked at the clock around the time that he was flying the uh starfighter through the canyon and i went i was like it was, at that point it was like it was like 12 42 or something like that and i was like it's been fucking 40 minutes like i, I was it's awesome it's fucking awesome um yeah, I'm trying to think of other things to say about the episode. It was just it was just fun. Like I don't know how else to put it. It was just a good fucking time. 
It was fun. It was well written, well acted, well directed. It was funny. It was a funny episode. It had, it had it had some levity to it. It had some seriousness to it. Some grit. I mean, you know, you see Mando break bad when he's taking when he's trying to fucking track down his bounty, and he tracks him down in the beginning, and he gets so frustrated that he just chops the dude in half with the dark saber, and then cuts his head off and takes his head. You know, uh, you know, it had it had that level of grit to it. It had a little bit of everything. Yeah, it was like you're right because it had the it had the dark grittiness in the very beginning, and then later in the episode, it was like, "Oh, Pelly's fucked a Jawa. That's funny." <laughs> like you're like like the 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 fucking juxtaposition between you know levels of seriousness. Yeah, and then when she finds out, when when she says in front of those two Jawas that are bringing parts, and Mando's asking them if they can bring other parts, and uh, she's like, I dated a Jawa once, you know. And then that Jawa says something to her, and she's like, oh, no, sorry, I'm working on me now. And I was just like, oh, he just hit on her. That's funny as hell. I started laughing at that part, and my dad was like, wait, what What did What did he say? Like, what did he ask her? And I said, he hit on her. He, and that's why she said, I'm working on myself now. And he was like, oh, okay. Didn't quite catch, catch that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. That was fucking, dude, it was hilarious. Like, it's it's the first time, I'll put it this way. Like, you said it makes you want to rewatch all of Mandalorian. Um, For me, like, I don't have time to do that. Yeah. So, uh, I... I would like to, but it's the first time I've like wanted to rewatch an episode of Book of Boba Fett. Same. Um, which is in fact, a lot. Misty, like, and, Misty and I are going to rewatch it because I told you this before we recorded, but you know, I'm using story for the viewers. Uh, we were, I fell asleep like early yesterday evening. Like I dozed off after 7 p.m. And I woke up at midnight and I was like, fuck. Cause I usually only sleep five to six hours a night. I was like, I've essentially slept a full night's sleep tonight. What the hell? So I, I was like, yeah, I play a little animal crossing on the switch and you know, Misty went to bed. Uh, and then I get done and I'm like, well, it's five minutes till three. I'm not tired yet. They dropped the uh, new episode of Book of Boba Fett at midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. I was like, I'll just go ahead and watch it. So I'm watching through my PlayStation, uh, through the Disney Plus app. And I've just plugged my earbuds, uh, which have great sound on them, uh, into my controller. And I'm watching it. Uh, you know, I, I fire it up. Misty gets up about that time and she goes to the bathroom. Uh, and then she goes and lays back down. Well, you know, I'm I'm down on the floor watching it, and she's behind me. I assume she's laying, laying down. So I'm watching it with my earbuds in. She was watching it behind me the entire time with just the subtitles on, because I watch everything with subtitles, because there's a lot of times dialogue goes sometimes too quickly or some, like... You, you know, yeah, I, I don't I I always think keep I watch subtitles things on. That, yeah, I, everything that I watch that has story stuff has subtitles. Yep. 
So she watched it that way, and I didn't realize it. So I'm watching the end credits because I always watch the credits all the way to the end in case there's a post credit scene or anything like that. I do that with everything. Yeah, same here. Uh, with a movie, I can tell you right now there are a couple websites that you can use. The one that I do is uh, aftercredits.com. Mm-hmm. So if I'm if I'm like sitting in the theater and the movie's about to start, I'll pull up aftercredits.com to see if there's singers. Gotcha. It's so, six time. <laughs> what 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 was funny though is I get done watching it and I'm watching the after credit scene and it's pitch fucking black. You know, here it is. It's almost four in the morning, and just something taps me on the fuck, dead center of my forehead, and I jumped like. Yeah, as far as high as you can jump when you're sitting in the floor and you don't have a fucking leg anyway, uh, like out of my fucking skin, scared the shit out of me. And she's just standing over me. She's like, that was the best episode yet. That was amazing. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You're supposed to be asleep. (laughs) She's like, I want to watch it again. But with the sound on this time, (laughs) I was like, Jesus, she enjoyed it so much. With no sound whatsoever, just watching the fucking images and the fucking reading the subtitles. And she was like, that was the best episode we've seen yet of Book of Boba Fett. She likes the Book of Boba Fett, but she's not really been into it. But this, she's like, we have to watch that later. And I was like, okay, we will. And then she put on coffee at four in the fucking morning. And we drank coffee and she went to work because she works from home and she sets her own hours. And once, you know, she's pretty much essentially done working for the week now because she already worked. Um, So after we get done recording, we'll probably watch it here in the next little bit because it was that fucking good. And I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and say this episode gets an A fucking plus. Yeah. Same here. One of 100% A plus. Like again, like I could, I couldn't give something any lower than an A plus if I'm like Jones and to watch it again. Yeah. Knowing, knowing my schedule and my backlog of shit. Jesus Christ, that that should speak volumes. But, um, yeah, I uh, I don't think we could say enough nice things about this episode. And it's wild. Again, it's wild that it took an episode all about Boba Fett. I'm sorry, all about Mandalorian, for us to be like, it's it's just wild to me. It's wild to me that we have four episodes focused on Boba Fett. And then we have one episode focused on Mandalorian, and we immediately just fall in love with it. Like, I, I don't that I, I don't know. It's crazy to me. It's crazy to me that that's a thing with this with this particular episode. I don't get it, but it's very good. It's very good. Um, it almost also felt like a standalone episode because I guess it kind of was like it basically was just getting Mando to. To where we need him to be for the sake of Boba Fett's, you know, story. Um, yeah, and it, and it works, you know, to bridge the gap of what what's he been up to since the end of season two, and what's he been up to, uh, you know, during this time with that we've been seeing with Boba Fett and Fennec Shand, and then you know also sets up what what's going to happen potentially in season three of The Mandalorian. So you know. It, it was yeah. a well-served episode. Uh, is so much more than just a bridge episode, and it was so fucking good. Yeah, I think that was a lot. A lot of people had that question too. Is like, we knew that we were getting Book of Boba Fett uh, around the time that we would have gotten season three of um, Mandalorian, and so we were all kind of curious, like, what's the fate of the Mandalorian show? Like, we all want it back. We all loved it. Obviously, he doesn't have Grogu anymore. So, you know, where do we go from there? 
And uh, well, we got our answer. <laughs> well, I know they've been filming, so it's probably going to come out in this December or somewhere. Right yeah, there. that that was my thought. I, I feel like the Book of Boba Fett is a one-off. Like we're not going to get a season two of Book of Boba Fett, um, just because they're going to basically, and I could be wrong, but plant him and on Tatooine, so that way future stories, if you will, will be you know in regards to that. I could be way wrong, but that's my thought process. Is that's where this show is the Book of Boba Fett's going to end is is lack of a season two, but. I'm excited. Like from here on out, we got we got Mando and Boba and Phoenix Shan together, and I'm curious who the other muscle they're going to get. Obviously, they they have um, the Wookie. Yeah, which I can't remember his name, but Chris Anton. Chris Anton, yes. Uh, who I fucking adore. He's awesome as shit. Uh, and yeah, yeah. So Star Wars is fun, y'all. I like yep. it to Star Wars. Um, all right, everybody, that's gonna do us for do it for us today. Uh, a little bit shorter of an episode than we normally do, but that's fine. We've been doing like super long episodes lately. Uh, next week we have um, Book of Boba Fett episode six, or chapter six of Book of Boba Fett, and uh, we're gonna be reviewing the first three episodes of the Legend of Vox Machina, which is the Critical Role, um, animated series. They had a they had a whole campaign called Legend of Vox Machina. That lasted God knows how fucking long. And they made it into a comic book, which that comic book is being adapted into an animated show. Uh, The cast on that show is like the guys who do Critical Role. Um, But Matt, uh, um, Matt Mercer, he does the voice of all the side characters, all the NPCs that the group meets up with. Instead of having those characters voiced by Matt Mercer, they got like an all-star fucking voice cast for those characters. Like, uh, it's it's insane. They they kind of announced it the other day, and I was like, "You couldn't make me more excited for an animated show just based on that." Um, I'm pulling it up so I can bring up the list. So, uh, you got. Stephanie Beatrice in it. Um, Tony Hale. David Tennant. I love Tony Hale. I love David Tennant. Felicia Day. And then, of course, you just got a ton of fucking very talented voice actors in it, too. Um, Yeah, so I'm very excited about it. And, like, it's already gotten great reviews, so... But, yeah. A little part of me wishes uh, Maya would watch Peacemaker because I've been watching that every week and top-notch. Top-notch show. Um, that show would also get A-pluses from me if I if we reviewed it, just saying. Uh, but, yeah, everybody. So, it's those two next week. Um, yeah, it's it at the moment. Uh, were we thinking – I know it's only in theaters, but are we thinking about reviewing Jackass Forever? I mean, I would love to, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to go see it. Okay. Because Uncharted also comes out not long after that, and I don't go to the movies very often. And I'm really excited about the Uncharted movie because it's some of my favorite video games. And it's Tom Holland. I mean, 
Yeah, I get that. I understand that. I mean, Jackass to me is going to be like it's it's nostalgic. It's got a lot of nostalgia yeah, me, so. yeah, yeah. And I know that I'm going to fucking cry at the theater to see that one. So, but uh, but yeah, okay. Anyway, we got to move on. We got to get out of here. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten this morning, so I want to go make some food after we're done here. Um, everybody, uh, make sure you go so- follow all the socials where, which are listed down below. I'm stuttering like crazy right now for no apparent reason. Um, if we add anything to the show, that's where you'll know if we remember to. Um, but yeah, go follow those. Say hi. Uh, check out the uh, store on t- at Teespring. Uh, we have... Uh, a bunch of clothing options for you, mainly shirts, but you know, it is what it is. Um, you can get our animated uh, faces on them. Uh, uh, go check out the YouTube channel. That's where you'll be able to watch the live version of this. Not that there's a whole lot to it. It's just me, but uh, it helps us out. It pushes the you know algorithm and all that shit. I say this at the end of every episode. You know how that works. Go follow, give a like, subscribe, all that jazz. Uh, but that's about it. Uh, Maya, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile. So if you want to follow me, uh, you can do so. It's easily done. If you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, those are also linked to my Facebook profile. Uh, you can catch me on other shows on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel on a show called Figabangin'. Uh, it's a live action figure review show with an interactive chat. A new episode this week. Uh, go check that out. It airs live at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. And then sometimes I appear on Shelf Gravy on uh, alternating Wednesdays. But, you know, I'll mention it when I do uh, if you <laughs> want to check that out. But, yeah, that's everywhere you can find me. What about you, Greg? Uh, you can follow me on, on under all socials under Chub Rock Geek. Uh, you can find me um, doing uh, video game talks occasionally with uh, Anthony on um, uh, missionstartpodcast.com or Mission Start Tubes on YouTube. Um, funny side story with Anthony. So Anthony is a Packers fan. Mm-hmm. And the Niners beat the Packers uh, this last Saturday? I think it was Saturday. Saturday night. Yeah. Um, when that happened, I text Anthony two pictures, one of the Niners celebrating. The second picture was that really funny meme of, um, of, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers on the ground with like the chin strap over his nose, looking like dumbfounded. So I just sent him those two. I didn't hear from him for about 10, 15 minutes. And then I get a message. I almost blocked you. (laughs) That's pretty Uh, funny. God, I, I always forget that he's a Packers fan until it matters. <laughs> Most Packers fans forget they're Packers fans until it matters. Oh, <laughs> oh man. It's, it's funny, too, because I don't really talk about sports unless it's the playoffs. And, you know, a team I give a shit about is there. But that's that's how much I pay attention to sports. Um. But yeah, everybody. So so yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's it, and that's all that's gonna do it for us. Uh, again, chapter six, book of Boba Fett, Legend of Ox Machina on, on Amazon Prime. Go check those out. Join us next week. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.